We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies EdTech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com BE. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I'm your host, Jethro Jones, and you can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. This episode is brought to you by John Cat Educational, a professional development publisher serving as the global leader in combining both research and practice in all materials. Find timely PD publications to support yourself and your faculty by visiting them online at us.johncatbookshop.com. Great instruction gets students engaged. TeachFX equips teachers with the instructional strategies and job-embedded feedback they need to get students engaged in virtual or in-person classes. Learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer at teachfx.com slash transformative principle. Welcome to Transformative Principle. This is episode 374, and I'm excited to have Matthew Moyer on the program today. Matthew, welcome to Transformative Principle. Thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. I forgot to read your bio, which I had prepared but didn't read it, so let me read it now. (laughs) Sometimes we do things backwards. Matthew Moyer is an elementary school principal with over 17 years experience in administration and 23 years experience in education itself. In addition to his job as principal, he is a nationally distinguished principal for Pennsylvania Principal of the Year, author, national speaker, adjunct professor, and staff developer with Tom Stetcher and Associates. And so now I'll say welcome. Thank you for being here. (laughs) I'll say thank you again for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for the kind uh, introduction. Yeah. So I do want to talk first and foremost about the the book that you wrote, which is The Adventures of David and Donald, The Fractured Flower Pot. And I want to talk about that because that is based loosely on your family's experience when your dad and uncle were younger. And so would you just talk a little bit about what that book is and what people can hope to get out of that? 
Sure. So it, it, again, it's called The Adventures of David and Donald, The Fractured Flowerpot. It's the first in what I hope will be a series of adventures for David and Donald. And as you mentioned, the characters, David and Donald, are named after my dad and my uncle. But the story itself actually comes from something that happened with my own brothers and I. We went to go visit our grandpa, and we're in his backyard playing, preparing for field day, just like in the book. And one of my brothers broke one of his terracotta flower pots. From there, it kind of diverges from the actual reality. But the story is really about then how do they solve this problem, which I think is a common thing that any kid, any person can relate to. And it talks about the steps that you go through in thinking about solutions to your problem and the consequences that go along with it. And this is what we talk to kids about, but adults about too. You got to think through all the possible consequences. What can happen if we do this? What can happen if we do that? And then pick the solution that works best for you. And that's what the story goes on to do. And, you know, it's a tool that I think educators could really uh, use and enjoy. And and it's got, you know, questions in the back that they can use as, you know, some thought uh, provoking things with kids to get them thinking about, well, what, what would you do if this was a situation with you? Or what have you done when you've run into these situations? And how do you think about the consequences for any choice that you make? And there's always going to be a consequence. It might be a good one. It might be a bad one. I think things work out okay for David and Donald in the book, but that's really the goal there is to make it a teaching tool. It's a fun story. It's kind of a long read. I'll I'll admit, you know, it might take a couple of sessions before bedtime to get through it, but you know, it's a fun book and I I just had a a lot of uh, fun writing it. And it was really a joy. My illustrator is a teacher that works in my building who did a phenomenal job. Her name is Katie Coulong. So I have to always give her a shout out because she got the characters just right. And that was really important in the first and what I hope will be a series, because if the look isn't right, I'm going to have to stick with it a long time. But the look was just right. She did a phenomenal job with that. So there you go. That's very cool. And it's it's fun to to see people create things and put them out there for, for others to see. And especially something that's going to help you have those conversations about, you know, what to do when you make a mistake and how to overcome that. I think that's, that's really important. So thank you for, for having that. You can get the link to that at the show notes on, for this podcast at jethrojones.com slash podcast slash episode three, seven, four. You recently became the Pennsylvania principal of the year for your elementary principals association, which is awesome. And one of the things that you have talked about is as being very important is this idea of building relationships. And currently we're in the middle of a pandemic. And when this comes out, who knows where we're going to be and who's going to be doing doing what. But can you share with us how you've been able to build relationships even during the pandemic and, and what you've been striving to do when school has been uncertain and closed and all that kind of stuff? Sure. I mean, relationships, I believe, are at the cornerstone of what principals need to do. You need to build relationships. And for so many of our kids, you know, they, they, they're not interested in learning from you until you build a rapport and relationship with them. And that matters for teachers, but it matters for principals too. And to me, you know, it's one of the most important things that I do. And I, and I, I do it during the regular school year when things are, are normal by engaging with students all the time. I'm in every classroom every day. And I'd be honest, I sometimes get frustrated when I hear about principals who don't do similar things and don't connect. And I try to make it a point to get to know every single one of my children the best I can at my building uh, by name. And I have about 400 of them. So that's not an easy task to do. And in these times, it's much more difficult, obviously, being virtual. 
So, you know, I've, I've, I've had to employ some new strategies to connect with kids and connect with my staff and connect with families. So we do a lot. I do a lot with social media. You know, we have a Facebook page. We have an Instagram page. We have a Twitter feed all for my school. And one of the things that I do through there, I do a lot of different things through there is I make it a point though, to do something every single day. There's a post on there, 365 days a year, weekends, holidays, and I do that all the time, but I, I'm connecting through that means in a variety of ways. And one of the ways that I just came up with and started to do this way this year is called pop-up principle. So I know my neighborhoods, I know where my kids are, and I get out into the neighborhood for pop-up principle and done a, a couple of sessions already. So for example, the first one went out to, to one of the neighborhoods, pulled up, saw some of my kids with their parents. You know, I had my mask on, called them over. Hey guys, you want to go Facebook live for pop-up principal with Mr. Moyer? Yeah. And so I had a couple of dice with me, one that you roll, it has exercises, one has a number. And so the kids rolled the two die, did the exercise, did the number. And if they did that, they got a, a t-shirt and we did this all Facebook live. And so other kids from the neighborhood showed up and we did that. So it was a great way to get them active and engaged too. You know, we're sitting in front of the screen too much right now. So it's a great way to get them up and moving and for me to stay connected with them. So I've done a couple of other sessions like that for pop-up principal. And that's one new thing I've done, but old school things work too. When I say old school, you know, the old fashioned postcard is a great way to connect with people. You know, how often do we get anything good in the mail? I don't know about you, but I get bills. That's what I get in the mail. I get bills and I get junk mail. Uh, a postcard means a lot. And so I write those out to my staff members and I write those out to students based on information I might get from the teacher or someone to let them know, hey, they're doing a good job. And I do that in new fashion ways as well, too. You know, the cell phone and so on. I text parents to tell them that their children are doing a good job. I call parents to tell them their children are doing a good job. And you might, some folks might say, that's crazy. You're texting from your cell phone? Yes, I am. And I have not had one time in, and I've done this before the pandemic. I've never had anyone take advantage of that. But a little reach out from someone to say, hey, your teacher told me that your son is doing a great job at participating in the virtual world. I appreciate that. Thank you. It's a great way to get connected with people, letting them know you appreciate them and doing the same thing with staff to let them know. And parents too, like, listen, this isn't easy for parents. Hey, mom, hey, dad, thank you for supporting your children and making sure they're doing these things. So those are some of the ways that I, I continue to try to build relationships and build rapport with them. I probably could go on with some other ones, but those are the, the ones that come to my mind immediately. Well, I think those were great examples. And I want to just add to them a little bit that and reemphasize this idea, you can go out in the community, you can trust people, you can support them. And too often, you know, that comment about people being surprised that you give out your your cell phone. They trust us with their kids for seven hours a day. The least we could do is trust them to be responsible with our cell phone. It's so easy now to, to put a stop to people harassing you, you know, like if they're sending you inappropriate texts or calling at inappropriate times, do not disturb, block numbers. I mean, it's super easy now. So that shouldn't be a deterrent. Um, the other thing is that pop-up principle. I love that idea. And I think that's that's really powerful. In in a previous school, I would go to the home of every single kid uh, with my staff. So we'd split it up. So I didn't go to every single kid's house. But we'd go to their homes and we would say hello. And a lot of people you know, suggested, you know, maybe you're doing that so you can get an idea of what these kids' life is like at home and all that. And that really wasn't it for me. I wanted those kids to know that we cared about them deeply and that they mattered to us uh, 
as a human being first and foremost. So we didn't care what their house looked like or where they were from or any of that kind of stuff. What we cared about is them knowing that we cared enough to leave our place and go out to them. And I think with the pop-up principle, you really show that. And that's, that's a powerful way to support kids um, and make sure they know that, that you care about them uh, first and foremost. And when you can do that, um, it makes a big difference. Yeah, powerful things happen when you make those connections. And just to piggyback on what you said, something else we have done for years is our impact program where we do visit students' houses. So myself and the team will go out once a marking period to recognize those achievements. And it's just a wonderful thing. And as you kind of hinted at, what I would say is that people should remember to assume goodwill from other people. Assume goodwill because most of the time people are really good people and they love their children and, and they want uh, only what's best for them. And sometimes we disagree on what's best for them, but that's all that they want. So assume some goodwill in, in what you're doing. And I think you, you usually can't go wrong. John Cat Educational supports high-quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. The latest John Cat publications include a book whose bold, transformative ideas amaze and infuriate people around the world, according to one reviewer, a title from Global Leaders in Curriculum Planning, Practice, and Retrieval, one book that says Stop Talking and Start Doing with Regard to Teacher Well-Being, and much more. These books, used by educators of all roles across North America and worldwide, amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. Learn more in our show notes at jethrojones.com slash podcast. During COVID, every teacher is a new teacher. That's why innovative school leaders are turning to TeachFX, whose professional learning platform doubles student engagement online or in person. To learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer, visit teachfx.com slash transformative principle. It's, it's about more than just assuming goodwill. It's about doing things that prove that you are assuming that goodwill. And that's, that's a piece that I highlighted. And I'm sure that that played into why you received the, the, uh, the principal of the year award. Um, I want to change gears a little bit though, and talk about something um, about how you make decisions during this time, because it's not an easy thing to, um, you know, we're bombarded with all these different ideas and opportunities and challenges and, different direction on what should happen and what shouldn't happen and all that kind of stuff. And so in order to not just assume goodwill, but then make good decisions for the people that we are serving, how do you find a way to, uh, you know, to make those decisions that are in the best interest of your kids and the families that you're serving? Um, What's your decision-making process and how do you go about that? Sure. That's a great question. You know, one of the things I learned early on, and I, I've been a, a principal at my building now for, this is my wow. 16th year. And in my first year, 
you know, the, the, the guy that was my boss, his name is Dr. Jess Barragana. He retired a couple of years ago. He, w- he was my mentor. And, you know, when I asked, when things came up, I would call him and ask him, you know, what should I do? What do you think? And inevitably what he would do is ask me 20 different questions that I didn't know the answer to. And I'd have to go get those answers and then come back. And I learned pretty early on, find out the answers to those questions before we can make a a good decision. So the same process, I think, you know, comes into play now. Although we're, we're in uncharted waters, we haven't had to do any of this before. And that's why it's even more important to ask all the questions and gather all the information. And another kind of important fundamental thing to me is top down and bottom up leadership. And that means including everyone in the conversation so you can make the best decision. And I know that frustrates people sometimes because some folks come to you and they want, give me a decision right now. I need an answer. And it can't always be that way. And right now it's most often not that way. And so, you know, we've had to pump the brakes. All right, let me gather some information. Let me talk to some people. Let me find out a lot of information from lots of people and involve people in the process. Because if you don't, you end up making a bad decision and then it takes you two or three or five or 10 times as long to undo the mistake you just made. And I think the mistakes that I see some you know, folks making are because they didn't take their time to make a good decision and gather as much information as possible from the right people. I mean, you got to talk to people, you got to talk to teachers, but you got to talk to parents too. You know, we, we've done a, I, I believe a good job of engaging parents in our district in the process through surveys and things so that we can make the best decision possible in collaboration with them. And it's a philosophical thing. You have to believe that the collaboration is worth it. If you don't believe it, then you don't take the time. That is absolutely correct. And that that's exactly what we need um, more of is believing that the, the collaboration is worth it. So this summer uh, when, you know, nobody knew what was going to happen with schools, um, I knew one thing that I was 100% sure of, that no matter what states or districts decided about how school was going to reopen, when kids came back to school, there'd be one person who was left holding the bag and how it ever happened. And that was the principal. And by extension, every teacher with her small group of kids, however, the principal would be the one who'd be holding it for the whole school. And so we created, you know, this workshop to help principals figure out how to reopen their schools, no matter what their district plan was. And it was so amazing to see uh, the principals working in there and then to have them go and one of the, the first thing that we did as part of that was to have them call parents who weren't parents that they often talk to and get their feedback about what the spring experience was like. And one call that I'll never forget was this principal came back to the, to the group. And she said, you know, my, one of the, the parents was so glad that I called because he's illiterate and he didn't know, he couldn't read anything that we sent out. And I never thought that one of my parents would be illiterate. I've, I've thought, yeah, maybe they don't speak English and they speak some other language. And so I could translate for them, but I never thought that one of my parents could be illiterate. And now I have this totally different perspective and this awareness that there's something else that I need to prepare for and think about. And just recognizing that piece there. And this, this dad wanted more than anything to be involved, but he couldn't because he, he didn't speak, he didn't read. And so he couldn't, couldn't engage in anything that came home because everything, as soon as the pandemic hit, 
became written communication only. And she realized that that was an error on her side and and started working to make that better, which was just incredibly inspiring in my mind. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great story. It illustrates a really important point when, when you're a principal or lots of, lots of different jobs is that you have to articulate your message in multiple ways and multiple means to reach all of your audience. So I've been a big believer in the use of video to get the message out, short videos, because you know what? Most people aren't watching anything more than about three minutes. And I have used that as a tool for years, but much more so since the pandemic hit with getting information out. So yeah, we, and I'm sure we have some families and people that we don't know, you know, we don't know that they can't understand what we're saying, or, you know, we do our best to translate some things out, but we have some people that might not, they might not even be literate in their home language, but they can hear your message and and they get the, the, the point with that. So you have to hit them in multiple ways, in multiple means. And that's really critical um, to getting information to people and receiving that information. So that's a powerful point you just made for sure. But going back to the idea of, of making decisions, um, one of the things that we've experienced during this pandemic is that a, a decision may be made at some point, but the implementation has to happen almost immediately. And that's been a real challenge for everybody. And, you know, that's not limited to, to just education, but so many things have changed and those changes have happened just super fast. What What is your advice for dealing with that kind of a situation where the the decision can be made, but the implementation needs to, you know, like when schools cancel, it need to happen that week for most places. How do you How do you support people when they're caught blindsided by that kind of stuff? Yeah, that those have been incredible challenges. And I think that you know, one of the things that we, we've learned is, first of all, you, you can't let uh, perfect be the enemy of good. And I'm going to tell you that I, I borrowed that from our superintendent who reminds us, and I've reminded a lot of people, you know, we're going to do something here. It's not going to be perfect. And we have to be okay with that. We have to accept that it's going to be the best it can be. And we're going to try to make it as good as we can make it. We're going to try to make it perfect, but it's not going to be perfect. And we can't hold up certain things because things were changing and evolving quickly. And so that's part of the advice I would give to people is, you know, you do your homework the best you can, but at some point you have to move forward. Otherwise, you know, with that, with how quickly things move, you know, you're going to get left behind. And so that, you know, that's part of the advice is you can't let perfect be the enemy of good. And that doesn't mean you rush to a decision just because, you know, we have to, you take, you take your time you need to, but at some point you have to move forward and, and make a decision that's going to be the best decision you can and keep the kids paramount in that decision. The kids always come first. They're the most important. And after that comes teachers and parents, but the kids are most important. And if that's part of your philosophy, you know, we put kids first and their needs first, then the rest becomes a little bit easier as well. So you have to build your principles and that's P-L-E, build your, your principal, P-A-L, decisions on your principles, P-L-E, and uh, that's really important. And if your principles tell you that kids come first, then that's the base that you make your decisions on, and, and you keep that in mind. You know, we, we had to make a lot of decisions quickly, and then they, they changed a week later or two weeks later. 
I've never, ever seen anything like this where things change so quickly. In the springtime, they were changing so fast we could barely keep up. They've slowed down a little bit, but they continue to evolve on a regular basis. And the other advice I would give is that, you know, don't double down on a bad idea. You know, sometimes we get dug in and we, we fall in love with an idea. You don't double down on a bad idea. When you find out it's a bad idea, it's time to adjust and time to move on. Don't dig in on those things because that's just going to cause you problems. And I've seen that as well. Where people just, well, we're, du- you know, oh, it looks like we're doubling down on a bad idea. It was not a great idea to start with. Let's not double down on it. Let's change it. Let's pivot. Let's move. Let's be flexible and, and let's listen to folks. Well, one of those um, ideas is the idea of teaching your your students half that are in class and half that are online um, on a Zoom at the same time doing the same exact thing. And that's rooted in some some other bad ideas like that the teacher is the only person who can help kids learn something and that's the only way to deliver information. And And I've seen that kind of doubling down that just is never going to be a good experience for anybody. And there are ways to do it because in a previous district, that was my role was uh, setting up and making sure that the program we had where a teacher was in one building and she was teaching simultaneously the kids in front of her in three other buildings. It's possible to make work, but not in an emergency situation, not in a way where, you, where you're just thrown into that with no other planning or preparation. It's, it's just not a good way to do it. So in closing, Matthew, what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative principal like you? Wow. One thing they can do this week. I guess the, the one thing I would tell any principal to do, whether you're in a virtual setting or brick and mortar, is to get out and get out of your office and get with where the kids are and see what they're doing you know, see what the teachers are doing. And, you know, whether that's a virtual setting or a brick and mortar, getting into classrooms every day matters. I tell my teachers, one of the things we have to do in our district is at the end of the year, we have a summative meeting with them. Every single teacher, you know, it's an hour or so long meeting that I have with every teacher. And I tell them all the time, if we get together at that meeting and you tell me something that I didn't know, I didn't do a very good job because I should know what's happening, because I should see it. And, and, and so a transformative leader, a great leaders, I think they get out in the classrooms, they get out of their office, or in this day and age, they at least click on to the Zoom meeting or the Google Meet, and they see what's happening in classrooms, and they get, they get out there and see what's happening. Very good. Thank you so much. If you'd like to connect with Matthew, you can go to Twitter. He is at D. And show notes and links to his book are at uh, jethrojones.com slash podcast slash episode 374. Thank you again, Matthew, for being part of Transformative Principle. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank you to our valued partner, John Cat Educational. If you are a leader looking to make transformative change by providing yourself and your leaders and teachers with professional development that is research-based and rigorous, yet easy to digest and full of practical strategies, check out the latest publications from John Cat. Visit us.johncatbookshop.com to find information on bulk orders or learn much more in our show notes. You can also use the code TRANSFORMATIVE to save a bundle at us.johncatbookshop.com. 
School principals across the country are using TeachFX's virtual PD and job-embedded feedback to boost student engagement during COVID. With TeachFX, teachers get eight times more feedback and generate 144% more student engagement on average in a school year with no additional work for school leaders or teachers. To learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer, visit teachfx.com slash transformativeprinciple. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE.